media i'm sure everyone knows that but it seems like it would be easy to understand that social media is an american thing but it is not and i'm today, doing something a little different today i'm in my bathrobe i'm in my hoop my hugh hefner because honestly it's late night and my guest was like oh i, I can talk to you now and i didn't want to get dressed so here we are in the playboy Hugh Hefner for no reason at all. But that's just how we doing it, because in my mind, I didn't see a need to get dressed. So we're going to talk to Heather today. And Heather is just going to give us some of her expertise on the social media on its in, in China, which is its accessibility. Why people don't really understand that you cannot access Google platforms in China you need a VPN. So really that part of the world really doesn't get up to date information on what's going on over here. And if you're uh, American and you go over there or anything, if you go over there and you have Google platforms such as Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook, any of those social media platforms, you literally, your communication is halted, period. And that's give love to Jesus. Egypt. I don't know why I love this track. I just do because it gives me pumped up. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to talk. God has given me the gift. And here we are. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna um let's go right into talking to Heather. Let's see what that's about. Let's see if we can call her. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You are formally being recorded by In My Mind. <laughs> okay, we took a long time to get here, but I am glad that we are finally here. Wow, thank you talk. so much for the compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll try to live up to that. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so first of all, uh, good morning, because in your side of the world, it's, it's early morning, correct? Uh, yeah, it's not that early, but it is the morning, so thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah, and really what I was trying to bring the light was um, in, in China, all the social media platforms that, let's be honest, the majority of the world just doesn't know about. It's like, it's like you have your own social media world 
on that in, on that side, you know. Um, and I just want to bring some light to that and, and and get people to understand what it really is, and you know, because people just don't understand it. I understand it because I lived there, and but outsiders, they really they really don't know what it means when you say, "Oh, I need a VPN to to look at this," <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, so I want to, I want, and, and I know that you, you know, first of all, can you start off by telling us what you do um, in terms of the social media platforms and your connection between um, what you do for a living on social media to connect the African nation and Chinese nations, and just, just tell us a little bit about what you do in the social media market. Yeah, sure. So, I'm not completely specialized in social media. It's just one of the things that I do. Uh, but focusing on uh, PR and uh, media relations and then helping African, yeah, it is my uh, vision to help more African brands to enter the Chinese market. Uh, and this year I've been exploring a bit more with the Chinese social media platforms myself as well. I especially noticed that like short video platforms are increasingly popular. Uh, and uh, yeah, it is a good way to capture like the bigger Chinese market. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've, uh, I've uh, opened a WeChat account and a WeChat channel, and yeah, I'm kind of doing some experiments myself as well. <laughs> okay, so that's dope. I mean, that's that's real. But you said something interesting that I actually wanted to bring up later, but we could go right into it now. Was um, why is it so important? for the world to enter the Chinese social media market? Besides like, besides there being a billion people, why is the world trying so hard to enter into Chinese social media? And why is the world, most of the world not successful? Uh, obviously I've been like living here for a while, so I have a lot of that perspective of outsider looking in. Uh, so I'm kind of getting used to that. But I think, um, cause like the Chinese social media or language in general, uh, I feel like it's always been like a bit separate from like all the English language uh, platforms that everybody else uses. So it's kind of its own world and it has uh, a billion or a billion people in it. So that creates different dynamics, a lot of subcultures. And uh, yeah, like so many brands or companies, they definitely see the potential in Chinese markets, uh, just mm-hmm. by the number. And um, so I think everybody wants to get into like the regular Chinese consumer's mind. Uh, and then for, for us, uh, social media is a big part of our lives, um, kind of growing up and uh, how that's shaping like the way we interact with each other or forming like social identity and I felt like yeah social media was like a big part of that because we grew up on like the first Tencent QQ and where everybody started using is like elementary school or middle school and then like all these things it just changed a lot and uh so that's yeah to get into like a Chinese consumer's mind is to through social media yeah, so so how long how long you been living in China now? Well, uh, you're from Beijing, right? Um, yeah, I'm from here, and 
Yeah, so pretty much have been here in my life, besides the five years that I spent in the U.S. Okay, so my, my question to you is because you spent time in the U.S., this would be interesting to ask you. So we're going to break this conversation up into three sections. The, fir- the first section is um, why 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 do you feel like social social media landscape has changed uh, so drastically in China? You've seen it, so I'm assuming that you were brought up as a child in your native in your native land, and then you left for five years to come to America, which means you have experience from from then when social media probably wasn't that big when you was a, a, a child or a teenager to going to America where, uh, let me see, when did you live in America in early 2000s? When, when, when were you in America? I'm not that old. <laughs> so uh, 2017. Okay, so, so you recently, this is recently, we only talking maybe three, four years ago. And, right. and now yeah. and now coming back to China, tell me how you've noticed the landscape change in China and why do you think it's drastically changed so much? Why has it elevated so much? How much well, cell phones are being used here? I mean, like everywhere else, like people use cell phones, it's been there. But then I feel like in China, it's been used so much more. Uh, like people don't use their laptops as much. And I remember when I was first just visiting Beijing sometimes, like I didn't have my mobile card. And so like I spent a lot of time with people watching when I was on subway and then just noticed how much time, like everybody was looking at their phones and uh, like watching movies on their phones like all the time. And I thought that was so interesting. Uh, but now, like, after three years, I realized, like, I spend a lot of time on my phone as well. <laughs> so that's funny. So, yeah. So, um, and then uh, since there are some super apps like WeChat, where it's everything that you need to you need to do in life is integrated in this one app where you have to pay with your WeChat or go on subways or different things that you can do. Uh, so that's like a central point of people's daily lives. And then, yeah, then you'd be like sharing what's happening uh, or your thoughts. And then like it creates different circles as well because it's also like a closed uh, ecosystem. Um, Yeah, so just people, um, because yeah, growing up, you don't use cell phones as much as then in teenage years, and so, then you use it more, and then uh, there are different. There were different platforms back then, uh, and I think social media was always a way, like helping people shape their identity, uh, like how you want to be seen in the society. And for our generation, who we'll grew up with it, and then um, it's like all experimental. And then, um, and then I guess since the platforms are evolving and our social behavior statuses have changed um so like it just become very integrated into our lives so you think like it as like so you think the the so my question to you is would it be the technology or the 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 physical acceptance of technology would be the main cause of of the evolution 
of the China social media, meaning like, so is it like the QR codes and the algorithms and all of that stuff that has made made China social media so so valuable, or is it the fact that now the the country literally just has access to um, phones and all of that good stuff that they may not have had access to twenty years ago? Uh, yeah, I think definitely both. Um, yeah, because in terms of technology, like uh, Chinese tech firms have always been like kind of one step ahead of everyone else, and they're like the latest technology, five G, and uh, AR, like all kinds of things. Um, and then also, I guess yeah, the accessibility as well. Because I felt like everywhere else in the world, mm-hmm. like. For example, like the older generation, they are slower to adapt. But in China, like I realized that like so many older generations, they're they're spending a lot of time on their phones. And when I first got back, like my mom was the one who kind of introduced me to like do things with your phone, yeah. uh, like buy groceries or things that I I wasn't even aware of. So so that's yeah, like very interesting that. Like people are so adaptive uh, to like the new technology, and yeah, all of that is very interesting. Okay, and so right, so I think that's I think that's like a, a super interesting thing to where like you know, like on the outside looking in, you can see the evolution of a country, right? But but until you've been inside, you don't really know how evolved. China is, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I just thought that that was super, that was really interesting to um, to discuss. So, but with that being said, so I guess I can that'll that'll lead me right into the next point, which is now that social media is so accessible mm-hmm, and everyone's using it, because essentially in in China, like um, there's no more like there's no cash, there's no nothing. So social media really is way of life, um, but. It's only way of life if you're using the Chinese networks, meaning you can't just you can't use Instagram and, and Facebook and all and all the Google and all the Google systems. So tell me why you think it's important or what are the benefits of silencing people on social media in China? Like like what is the benefit of not being able to say what you want on social media in China. What's what's the benefit? We know we know what we know what the non-benefit is, but what's the benefit of that? Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting question that you asked. I think a lot of people just don't think about like their both sides and everything. Um, yeah, I guess for me, um, I've always like I don't really felt silenced initially yeah like i didn't really felt like chinese social media is silencing people in the way that maybe how the outside world perceived because there were always some like not underground but just like there's still different platforms where people share their opinions and thoughts but maybe just uh in a more subtle way or they had creative solutions of expressing themselves and uh so like i don't feel like it's completely like people don't 
they can't speak out their mind. I feel like everybody still do. They just speak it in a different way than through like official channels. Um, so especially like these days, I really felt like there's so much creativity and uh, people are very open-minded. Uh, in Chinese like social media, you can read news or analysis or opinions about everything that's happening in the world. Uh, like I never felt like there is an information delay where when I was overseas, sometimes the kind of information I heard about China or other parts of the world just felt quite delayed or not so accurate. So I feel like in that sense, uh, yeah, like not by being silenced uh, in the official channels, give people more room to talk in their personal ways. And also there's less uh, unnecessary debates, I guess, because I guess we mean like in the West, everything. Well, but, uh, but you say there's less. Like the YouTube movement. So you say what? there's less unnecessary debates, but the debates are de- the unnecessary debates are definitely still happening on on uh, Weibo and WeChat in the groups. So would you say that the the, the debates have gone from the main platform into the sub platforms, but they're still there. They're definitely still there because you and I both have been been involved in some group debates. Uh, the debates are probably so they're just more yeah in the sub platforms and uh, yeah another thing I, I noticed that like there's still like a little bit of separation of people's online personalities and their real lives mm-hmm. and like for example like I've seen people like getting fired for saying something on Twitter and then like that's kind of being criticized on like Chinese social media because it's like all about like PC and like I felt like you can't say what you want to say even in the West because it's so like there are real life consequences. Uh, not that like saying that like their opinions are right, but if we're talking about uh, freedom or like being able to say what you want to say, then I don't know like if it's different or like where is actually where people are actually being silenced (laughs) well yeah well you're not being silenced so I guess that would be a judgmental way of saying it but when I say being silenced like you're definitely more uh, aware of what you say based off of being um, monitored Right. So like, for example, for example, I know just from my experience of living there with you in, in China, I know there would be we would have we would be having conversations on the phone. I could have a conversation on the phone with someone. And like I like right now, if I was like, hey, what do you think about President Xi? Your response would be what? Exactly. What what I'm saying to you is so, yes, you have the freedom to speak still, but you're still under a a more watchful eye than I would say, as in another country, right? Um, Whereas other countries are also being watched and monitored. Like they also watch what we say and what we want and what we do, but it's more like the consequences are different. You know what I mean? 
So how do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I haven't thought about these things for a while. So it's nice to, to have this discussion so I can think more critically. Um, yeah, I think there's just false accounts and not having to say certain things also gives you maybe a sense of safety or like if everybody has an agreed opinion on like the main main things and I don't know if I actually mind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then yeah, like they're just different benefits. Um what else? Yeah, like but I do feel like since there's uh, the barrier of um like having to use the VPN to access other social media platforms and people can't really get into like the Chinese platforms as well. There's just a big information gap or the stories that are happening here don't have the channel to be seen outside. And so that's creating like miscommunication or misunderstanding. So I do feel like it'd be nice to have more of a flow. Yes, yes. And, 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 for our, and for our listeners, I just want to say this because it is very true. Like here in America, right, people don't understand the first of all, they don't understand what a VPN is. And they don't understand. Well, maybe that. You can explain what VPN is. <laughs> yeah. So so first of all, I, well, it's a uh, it's a virtual it's a virtual um, number P number. I forget what the P stands for. But what it does, it's a blocker, right? So it, oh, it's, it, it's, it's a blocker for IP addresses. So when you use your, 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 your phone or you get on the internet, if you use a VPN, it blocks the IP address so that the people watching or Big Brother cannot tell where you are. It can't pinpoint your location, okay? That's the importance. That's why you need VPN to use uh, Google platforms in America because it all comes down to your data. They can get your IP address. They can find out where you are. They can, you know what I mean, get your data, things, things like that. Um, and it's also it's very it's very important to tell tell people to understand that VPNs and and the blocking of of networks and things like that that all comes down to politics and money. <laughs> okay. The only reason why Google is not a set up system in China is because. China doesn't need it. They can make their own money from Baidu. And and um I haven't been there so long. What's the other one? Uh and I remember living over there. People would say, Well, why don't you why why can't you use Facebook or why can't you use Google to call me? I'm like, look, sometimes the VPN just gets turned off and I'm just cut off from the world. That's and that's the truth. Right? So so here's the here's the question for you, Heather. Here's a question for you, Heather, and 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 I and I would like if you could just give me a quick answer, like a yes no answer, be, being the the professional in this conversation. Does so? Do you find social media helpful or harmful in its limitations? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm saying you're getting choked up. There must be something. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. You're getting choked up. <laughs> I see. I told you. You're scared. You're, you're scared to say what you want to say. That's what this is all about. <laughs> I 
I know we're, we're having so many different weeks. I just thought you know. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm very. I'm. Yeah. Listen. So I'm just asking your opinion. I'm not. We not. We haven't named any any social media platforms except for that one, and you know what I mean. We haven't said anything yeah. political. So. so just in general, yeah. Just generally, if social media is more meaningful or harmful. Yeah. Is that? That's the question. Uh, I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a yes or no. <laughs> it is in your opinion. Um, I'm asking for your opinion. It's either yes, I think it's harmful, or no, I don't think it's harmful. I, let me just. I don't think it is. Okay, okay. Um, because in, in, in my mind, I think it's. I think social media is harmful, right? Um, I think. Yeah. I think it's good for causing for exposure. I think it's good for, um, you know, touching people, networking, things like that. But it's very harmful because you've created a whole world and culture of people who are harming themselves mentally, emotionally, just to be on TV, just to be liked. You understand? You understand what that really means? Like social media comes down to how many likes you have. That means you have to be people out here are really just stressing themselves to put themselves in a position to be judged and to be liked, including me for doing this. So that is harmful because we are creating. <laughs> we are so creating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. So. um so I do want to talk about I do want to talk about one more one more portion of this. But before we do, I need you to help me out is I'm going to give you a letter and you are going to create as many words from that letter as you can. You cannot use names, though. So, for example, if I say the letter A, you want to say as many words that begin with the letter A that you can in 30 seconds without using a name. Got it. All right. Here we go. Because you are um, a good friend of mine, I'm going to let you pick the letter. OK. All right. Letter G. You got 30 seconds. Let's see how many words you can come up with. Ready, set, go. Wait, sorry. Any words? Any words start with a G? Any words Gray, that start with? Garden. Great. Uh, gossip, God, um, gorgeous, um, golf, um, what else? <laughs> uh, great, um, right, so, um, way harder than you expect it to be, you know. Uh, so, so that's just a little brain game teaser that we like to do. So the third part of that conversation we were, we were, we were, we were talking about is, uh, how do, in your opinion, how do foreigners get into the Chinese media social market? What's your advice for any outsider trying to get a piece or a portion of the Chinese social media market? Uh, 
like in terms of in terms of followership um, yeah in terms of being followed in terms of monetizing in terms of being influ and being an influencer those type of things what's your advice um, well, I thought you said social media is harmful, <laughs> but the, it's, like, it is harmful you know, for me. In my opinion, in my mind, it's harmful. But we wouldn't have connected if it wasn't for social media. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Again, so so do you think what what we, what do you think is a good like what's good like give some give give some advice give the people some advice. How do you get in? How do you get into the yeah, China social media market? Yeah, I think it's quite. Uh, you can definitely leverage on like a lot of the platforms that are like hiring influencers, live streamers. Uh, yeah, like there. Yeah, like tons of um, Chinese social media platform that's uh, encouraging foreigners to join them, and then with cash incentives. And then, yeah, it's just a good way of uh, having your little corner of the Chinese social media. And then uh, just work with other, yeah, collaborate with other social media influencers. There are like other foreigners that have been in China longer and they have been in the space. Um, they have cultivated a good audience and following. So if you can work with them to get on their own channels, and that's also a way uh, to brand yourself. So you think so? If if I'm a beginner and I want to get into the Chinese media market, you, your advice would be to collaborate first, um, to essentially piggyback off of an influencer's followership, right? Um, which is which is an excellent strategy because I mean it's, that's no different than what we're doing on this side. So, but the problem that I have that I think that I'd like you to elaborate on is as a foreigner, getting into the social media market is a little different because of the language barrier and the content. So, what advice would you give a foreigner in terms of the, what content to use? and how to construct the language. There are like different comedians and they're, ones, they're the ones who speak really good Chinese and can even be funny. In Chinese, which I guess is like the special uh, zero master of a language where you can make jokes. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, so those are yeah usually very... Uh, yeah, like those are the more popular content. Um, and otherwise, just you can be more relevant to like the pop culture and current affairs here, and then maybe you can add in your own perspective. But also, just make sure like it's topic. Like yeah, just I guess another way is like just make Chinese friends and then like in your conversations and find what people find interesting and mm -hmm. then you can turn that into something that's facing a bigger audience. Okay. Now that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense. Um so what you do is um again, I could be wrong, but you have a uh a network between Africa in China, correct? You you promote you promote a lot of African business in China, correct? 
yes, a small number of them. Okay, so, um, well, you do business, all right? So whether it's small, whether it's large, you, 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 you connect, right? So in that connecting process, what are some of the pros and what are some of the cons of dealing with the continent of Africa and in and bringing that market into the Chinese market? Uh, well, I think it's generally like a pretty young space because I feel like it's only been happening the last couple of years and uh, so for now, like what I'm seeing is more like it's either um, just uh, like comedians or cultural related content, or it's more like high level stuff. So like the ambassadors going on live streaming and selling African products. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's still like a lot of space in between mm -hmm. uh, to actually build the awareness and engagement uh, between Chinese audience and uh, products or brands from Africa. And then also uh, for the market to, yeah, like accept something new because it's still like very niche. And um, yeah, so I think there's just, there just needs to be more content uh, being made and um, more informative uh, ways of engaging the Chinese audience. Okay, that's very that's very interesting. Thank you for that. Thank you for that insight. Um, so Heather, I know that you have you know things to do, and uh, you need to get your day your day started. So that is that is all the time I'm going to take up for you, or from you, I should say. But before I let you go. Um, can you just leave the guest with parting words, anything you want to say, um, you know, plug your nation, you know, the dot connect the world and, um, just any last, any last words that you'd like to leave people to know when they, when they listen to this and they say, uh, Heather was very smart and she said this, what do you want to say? <laughs> um, well, what I'd like to say, yeah, I just say, um, just to encourage everyone to keep an open mind and to explore something that might not be familiar to you or from a different world of what you're used to. And, um, yeah, so I think that's just what I wanted to, yeah, share with everyone. And, yeah, hopefully I'll see more of you on this side of the social media and to see more stories being made uh, that could be sharing with the audience from China because everyone is really here to hear the stories, um, yeah, of like yeah, of other cultures and so yeah, I just hope there there'll be more like uh, bridge bridge builders um, mm -hmm. between cultures in social media. Well, that is wonderfully said. And I thank you for your time. As always, it's a great conversation and we will talk again soon. I appreciate you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Great. Have a good morning. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome. All right. Bye.
you know, I still have influence over there. I still have connections over there. I still have friends over there. And Heather's one of those friends that, um, you know, I can touch, I can go to and, and, and ask questions about, you know, how to engage, how to be a bridge builder um, between social media and whatever it is that I want to do over there in terms of business. Because let's be honest, let's be honest. The American market and the Western market is kind of saturated when it comes to what you can do new on social media, what you can do new from a business perspective. And it's really about tapping into new markets and the China market is new. So please be sure to understand that don't frown or snarl your nose up at the fact that you don't know what kind of social media uh, accessibility is happening over there, but it's large. Believe that. It's almost three billion people. Social media is large on that side. The only difference is the most important thing that I would tell you about if you wanted to go that route or at least do some research and get into it would be the language. So it'll be a lot easier to be successful as a Westerner or as a foreigner if you speak the language or if you can have your content translated into Mandarin or Cantonese. Okay. Also, learn the culture, a little bit of the culture. Don't go in there thinking, ah, I'm a foreigner. They need to follow me. It's not like that anymore. You need to understand what they do, how they do it, why they do it, and why they don't do it, more importantly. So that's it. And that's our conversation for today. But you know, we don't leave any episode with just conversation. We definitely have. Yeah, I had to let that one rock a little bit. Um, so let's get back to the list portion of that show where we like to list things. I got a pretty short list for you today because I wanted to keep it short and concise. So today's list is going to be five reasons why you need to do business in China. The first reason is. China has favorable government policies. <laughs> and what that means is if you have money, you can probably get almost anything you need to get done. Also, there's not a lot of red tape that you have to go through if you know the right people. Okay. So number two, facilitate entrepreneurial environment. Okay. So in China, you, one thing you'll notice as soon as you land, most people own a business of some type, whether it's a grocery store, whether it's a boosting booth, whether it's a trade company, a restaurant, just about every family has some type of business. So the entrepreneurialism there is amazing. It's phenomenal. I, like, I wish we were more like that in that way. 
Everybody has their own business. Now, with that being said, they work extremely hard. <laughs> okay. Number three, the abundance of skilled talent. You have 2.5 or more people in a country. That is a large talent pool to choose from. There is no reason not to do business in China or no reason not to attempt to do business in China. Number four, the growth opportunity. Imagine, let's just say two billion people and you only get 1% of that. That's two million clients. Let's just say you get half a percent. That's one million clients, customers, followers, whatever. That's growth opportunity. Number five, stability. It's easier to stabilize your business in China, much easier. So, and that's our list for today. Um, those are the top five reasons to do business in China. But I'm also gonna leave you with, instead of a quote, I'm gonna give you trends, okay? Let's do something different a little bit. I'm gonna give you the trends, the China trends, the business trends, the social media trends. Number first trend is, Paid social is overtaking organic brands on their own social media platforms. Okay. Number two trend, commercialization acceleration, moment ads, advertising promos. The third trend, short videos in the spotlight. Young consumers are taking over the trends. Number four, mass personalization. Customizing content for target audience, right? So you find your audience, you find your target, you customize the content towards them on a large scale. Number five, social media community economies, driving social commerce. So, so you got this big e-commerce boom and it's all being driven by social media communities. These are your groups. These building economies. Okay. Number six, social search ability being easy to find on social media has become a vital lesson for brands, meaning the hashtag. Being able to be searched effectively and effortlessly is a huge component. to your social media success. Number seven, shorten path to purchase for reach to purchase. What was that? I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Shorten path to purchase from reach to purchase. Okay. So those are your current trends, social media trends, and that is going to be our episode for today. I want to thank our guest Heather for coming on and answering some questions or sharing her opinion, sharing her thoughts with us again. 
this is all about positivity, collaboration, uh, humanity, unity, uh, education, just evaluation, awareness. It's about all those things put into one. And again, these comments, these topics are all just from my mind. They are not wrong. They are not right. They are just in the mind of Gary. So I welcome you and thank you for listening. And you know, we cannot. We wish you a great day, a great week, a great month, a great year, 2020. That being said, I'm going to see you for the next episode.